Thank you so much for hitting the play button on your favorite listening device of choice from wherever you listen to podcasts. My name is Duff Tyler, and this is A Duff Set. For the first time in 35 years, someone other than Kurt Richardson is now coaching the Clarkston High School football team. Now, before we get into that, I just want to take a minute to thank Kurt Richardson for being a part of this show. Kurt Richardson always made time for me on this podcast and on the sidelines. It was always a pleasure to talk to him. I want to wish him all the best as he starts this new chapter in his life. Richardson announced his retirement back in January. That's after 45 years at Clarkston High School and with the football team. In those 35 years as head coach, he won 274 games. That's good for 16th all-time in coaching victories in the state of Michigan. And over the last decade, Richardson led the Wolves to four appearances in the state finals. They won three state titles, and the Wolves barely missed out on a fourth. But after this past season, he decided it was time for someone new to take over the program. Justin Pintar was hired last month to be the new head coach of the Clarkston Wolves. He's been with the program for the last 14 years as the offensive line coach. So what's next for the program, and what expectations does Pintar have as the new head coach? Well, we get into that and so much more. My conversation with Justin Pintar starts now. What does it mean to you to take over the program with a tradition like Clarkston has? You know, at first, it, it, it took a little while for it to kind of hit me. And and uh, after after I found out that I got the job and you start thinking a little bit about the tradition and the history that Clarkston's had, um, not just in football, but in, in basketball and other sports, and, and you realize that this is one of those jobs that um, I mean, if you went around the state and they said, Hey, where could you, where would you like to coach? Where, if you could pick anywhere to coach, I think you would have, you know, hundreds of coaches that would say Clarkston. And so to take over at a place that has kind of this, this history, um, and the success that we've had, um, you know, that, that means a lot to me. And, uh, you know, it's certainly something that, um, you know, has started to kind of hit me a little bit of, of kind of what it means to take over this program. You are taking over the program after having spent the last 14 years under Kurt Richardson as the head coach of the Wolves. How would you describe the impact that he had on you? You know, it, it, Coach Richardson is is one of those guys that, again, across the state, everybody knows who he is. He's a Hall of Fame coach. Um, so having the opportunity to to sit and kind of just watch what he does um, the way he carries himself, um, the way he interacts with players, the relationships that he builds with players, um, how much he cares about the the program and the kids. Um, so it, just being able to watch and learn from him, it, I, I can't even kind of put that into words what that means. Um, he, he's he's a guy that uh, he, he's a role model for for players and, and obviously for the coaches as well. So having an opportunity to, to learn from him, I, I, I mean, there's not really much you can say other than uh, I'm lucky that I started coaching in Clarkston and, and was able to learn from one of the best to ever coach in Michigan. 
He coached the program for 35 years and won three state championships. What is the legacy that Kurt Richardson is leaving behind? I mean, you said it, right? Three state championships, um, you know, numerous playoff uh, appearances. I think it was close to 20 straight at one point. Um, they, he's left, obviously, some big shoes to fill. And, um, you know, the, the amount of success that he's had has, has certainly left the program in, in good shape as well. I mean, he, he left us with, um, you know, it's, it, he, he went out on his own terms. He went out um, with a successful uh, uh, last, you know, forever, right? I mean, he's not, he's not leaving here when things were falling apart. He's leaving here when things are still in really good shape. Um, so I, I just look at, again, what, what he's been able to accomplish. Uh, you could put his numbers up against, his wins and, and success against just about any high school football coach in the state of Michigan. Um, so I think his success kind of speaks for itself. You had the perfect quote when you were hired to take over for him. You described it as moving in to a million dollar house. I thought that was the best way to describe it because certainly we have a lot of those here in the Clarkston area, but this program, like you said, it's in great shape right now. So you're taking over with not too many pieces uh, to have to rebuild or anything like that. But if there are any renovations, are there some that you are planning to make? Um, you know, it'll be little things, I think, that we change. Um, there's not going to be any kind of wholesale changes. Uh, our offensive staff is, is all coming back. Our defensive staff, um, those guys retired uh, with Coach Richardson. So we do have a new defensive staff coming in. Uh, but they're all guys that were in our program already. So uh, we're not looking to make kind of big changes. There, there may be little little schematic changes we make here and there. Um, but for the most part, we're not looking to, to throw out, you know, what's worked for us in the past. Um, you know, there, there may be little things that, uh, you know, that we tweak something, you know, like pregame. Um, you know, how we handle pregame or something. But in terms of scheme and, and stuff, we're not looking to really make big changes. You had had a quote in the Oakland Press. You said you grew up with a coaching mindset. How would you describe that mindset? Yeah, so when, when I said that, <clears throat> really, when I was younger, I would sit in class, and it wasn't that I wasn't paying attention to what was going on. I, I, I think I was paying attention to what was going on, <laughs> but it's, Instead of doodling, I would sit there and just draw plays, right? I, like my mind was always on whether that was basketball plays that I was thinking about or football plays. You know, from from the time I was, you know, maybe 14, 15, 16 years old, I, I would sit and that just kind of kept me occupied while I was sitting in a class for an hour. Um, so I, it just was always something that that I always had on my on the back of my mind. Um, you know, my, my brother's a coach. Uh, he coaches varsity basketball in Alpena. Um, so I think it's just something that is, is inherent a little bit, something that we that was kind of born into us. Um, when I was when I graduated from high school, our little league program had had kind of folded. The, the town was really small. We didn't have a lot of um, younger kids. But me and another kid at 17 years old started our little league program back up and I uh, got the kids an opportunity to play again. So uh, I just, coaching was always something that I, that I enjoyed doing. It was something that I always knew I wanted to do. 
Um, and, and I knew it would, I knew it would be part of uh, my life when I got older. I think it's perfect that you described yourself as somebody in class, you know, drawing up plays and doing some doodles here and there, because ultimately you became a teacher yourself. What got you into teaching and what subjects do you teach? I teach uh, high school social studies uh, for this is my 15th year at Clarkston. Um, and I've pretty much had economics. Now I teach uh, our AP economics class and, and a couple other economics classes. Um, same thing. Like I, I enjoy watching um, the success of others. When, when you when you teach them something, whether that's in class or um, or out on the the football field, when, when you teach someone something and then you watch it like develop and and they pick up what you're trying to teach them, um, it's just there's something about that that is um, gratifying. So uh, it, teaching to me is a lot like coaching, right? It's you're looking you're looking to help people and, and there's, you know, there's just a, a sense of um, satisfaction that I get from, from seeing young, uh, young kids develop and grow and, and get better at whatever you're trying to help them with. Whether it's in the classroom or out on the football field, how would you describe your approach to kind of imparting some of your wisdom on to young men and leading them in both the football field and the community? You know, one, I think you just kind of lead by example, and and that is something that people take notice of. Um, I also think like life lessons and and trying to to you know impart life lessons that that maybe I've gone through um, or or have experienced, and trying to get them to understand like you know here's here's the things that I've done, and and I think sometimes too. Kids seem to, when you tell them the mistakes you've made, that that is something that I think they really kind of key on and, and it maybe hits home a little more. I think they're so used to uh, adults telling them, like, this is what you should do, this is what you should do, this is what you should do. Um, but they don't always hear about the mistakes that were made. And I think sometimes when you can talk about the mistakes you made, um, you make a different connection with, kid, with kids. And uh, being able to connect with, with players on a – a more personal level is a, a huge part of this game. Um, the more they know you care about them and, and who they are, the, the harder they're going to play for you. So I think building those connections, building those relationships um, is a huge part of, of coaching uh, and, and, again, having a successful program. So being a head coach and a teacher for young people is something you've always been working towards. When did you first discover that passion? I, like I like I'd mentioned earlier, I think it was something that um, has has kind of always been there. Um, when I was in in high school, um, I talked about drawing up plays and stuff, but just just helping out. I I think I never I never thought I was the best player, the most talented player, but I always thought I was a you know a good teammate, and I always tried to get others involved. Um, you know, I, I played point guard, and I I was always a, a pass first point guard like I, I didn't care about myself scoring I like to see other people uh, score and I, I just like the team success so like I said I think that the the sports connection there that translates into um, you know kind of everything uh, that you do including teaching it's it's the same concept um, I, I like to see the success of others um, and it, it's just like it's just been there uh, you know from the time that I can remember as far as like uh, high school age, it's always been there. 
between drawing up those plays in the classroom and being out on the basketball court, being an athlete, was there ever a time when you took those plays to your coaches and, you know, started to have those conversations that maybe instilled that passion in you to want to start coaching? I don't know that I ever like brought them to the coaches. It was more something that I did. Um, but, but I always had good relationships with my coaches. Um, you know, my, uh, in football, I was, uh, team captain, uh, my senior year, uh, I was team captain in basketball. So I, I always felt like I had those relationships with my coaches that if there was, if there was a, an issue, I could go to them. Uh, but it was never, it was never me going to them and, and really, um, you know, here's, here's what I think we should do. I, I guess I didn't feel like that was my, uh, my role. Um, but I always felt like I had good relationships and connections with my coaches um, when I was growing up. Who were some of your biggest influences in coaching and really turning your eyes toward making that a goal for yourself? So I, I had mentioned, you know, Coach Richardson, obviously. Um, you know, my high school basketball coach, Darren Weber, uh, was a big influence on me. He was a guy that he came into our program uh, I'm trying to, trying to remember when he took over the, the program. It was a few years before I got to varsity, but he really, um, the, the work ethic that he had as a coach, how much he cared his preparation. Um, I think that's something that kind of rubbed off on me. Um, later on when I got to Clarkston, uh, I started, like I said, in, in October and, um, right when I got hired, I, Adam Kern, who I had taken over for, and he was becoming an assistant principal. He took me down and I met Dan Fife and, uh, I sat, I sat down with Dan Fife and I tell you what, that there's, there's, you know, talk about guys that have, have influenced a lot of people. Dan Fife is one of those guys. And so I ended up getting involved my first year at Clarkston with the basketball program. I ended up coaching basketball. I think it was 11 or 12 years. I coached uh, seventh grade, eventually moved up to freshman and then up to JV head coach. Um, and, and there was a, a ton that I was able to learn from, uh, from coach Fife as well. Um, just again, another guy that, um, his passion and, and how, uh, how much he cared about the kids, how much he, uh, pushed kids, but not in a, he pushed kids in the right way. He knew how to get kids to play hard. And so, you know, being able to, to kind of watch him and learn from him, uh, was, was another guy that's influenced me incredibly uh, over the last you know 15 years or so. Yeah, so when you arrived in Clarkston, how much did you know about the community when you first got here? So I, I didn't grow up down here. Uh, I, I grew up in the UP, uh, went to Central Michigan. But even then, I, I had always heard about Clarkston, uh, I, even though it was never someone that we would have played or, or uh, participated against. You, you knew the name. Uh, I'm a big Michigan fan. So growing up, I remember Dugan Fife playing and with the Fab Five and that. So, um, you know, I knew the, I knew the Fife name already. I, and I knew Clarkson was a big sports town, a big sports community. Um, I kind of got lucky because the, the teaching market was not very, uh, very good when I got out of college. And I just I got lucky to get into Clarkson, but I really I couldn't have picked a better spot to get involved and get into sports, uh, get into coaching than where I did at Clarkston. So I, I really, it, it was one of those kind of fortunate right place, right time kind of things. 
Um, and, and I was just, I'm lucky that I was able to get into the, the district that I did. You know, usually when I do these types of stories about guys taking over for the head coach, someone that was a legend with the program and a huge name in the community, somebody who had a tremendous influence on a lot of people in a particular town, usually that guy that's taking over, he is a hometown guy himself. And you've been in Clarkston since 2007, but like you said, you're originally from White Pine in the Upper Peninsula. I've always wanted to know what high school football is like up there. I know that Ishpeming is really good. They've had a tremendous program for a number of years. But what is the football culture like up there? So uh, I went to, uh, like you said, White Pine. We were an extremely small school, so we didn't have enough kids to even field a football team uh, by the time I got to high school. And we had a co-op program, so we played with you and Trout Creek. Um, so – Uintra Creek is a big basketball school. Um, they actually just uh, played in the state finals here uh, in March. And so it, our program wasn't as strong as it may be as some of the surrounding ones, because a lot of the basketball kids ended up focusing on basketball. So they had some really good athletes, but they didn't play football. Um, but the surrounding schools, we had some really, really talented teams um, Crystal Falls Forest Park, um, they, they were a powerhouse for many, many years um, and, and won state titles. Uh, Lake Linden won a state title, I want to say, in 1997, which was um, uh, about a year before I got to high school. And so Lake Linden had always had a really good program, and they were both in our conference. Um, so we played some really, really good football programs when I was uh, in high school. We just unfortunately didn't have that that same kind of success. And uh, like I said, a lot of that was because it was a basketball school. And when you have a small school like that, if, if you don't have all your best athletes playing all the sports, uh, it's hard to be successful. So um, we weren't as good as I would have hoped in, in football, uh, but we, we got to see some really good uh, Division 7, Division 8 uh, football programs when I was when I was playing. What were some of your biggest takeaways from being up there and getting a chance to compete? I think when, when you, you know, the, there's a lot of a pride in the UP. Um, when you, when you're in small towns like that, the athletics is kind of the entertainment. And, you know, I, when I was growing up, I mean, we, we were in a small town, but our district uh, playoff games for, for basketball and that would have a thousand people in the gym. I mean, the way the community came together for sports, the way they rally around sports in the UP, um, that that was really special. And that was one of the things when I, when I got to Clarkston, I talked to him about, you know, Clarkston, when you get down here and you got towns that have three, four different high schools in one town, it doesn't have that same community feel. And Clarkston does. Clarkston's one of those schools down here. That's a big school, but it's the only school in town and the, the community rallies around it. And, and that was one of the things, or that is one of the things that I love about Clarkston is it, it's the community still, and it, it's all about Clarkston High School. There's, there's no other, uh, you know, school kind of competing for, uh, for the community support. So that, to me, Clarkston's kind of like a UP school in that sense, where the, where the support comes from everybody. I like that comparison. That is awesome because I've been a part of this Clarkston community since uh, 2017. So I've been here almost five years. I've really enjoyed the town atmosphere that we have. 
There are some small town charms in it in our downtown area, but like you said, it's also got that big name that's attached to it because of the success of the basketball and football programs. I've certainly loved being a part of this community. I love the people and everything that's uh, surrounding this area. But what have you enjoyed most about being a part of this community? I, I mean, I think it's that, right? It's it's that it is the, the, the community support that we have in Clarkston is really unique. Um, I, growing up again in the UP, that's what I'm used to. Like, I, I'm used to the community being a part of it. Um, gravitating towards the the athletics in town. So I love that part of Clarkston myself. Um, and, and like you said, it, it just, it has that small town vibe to it. And it, you just, you feel like you, you're getting away from the city when you're in Clarkston. It doesn't have that, that city feel. Um, so being able to, to have that in an area where you have so many people is, is pretty unique and special, I think. Up next, Justin Pintar talks to me about what the expectations are for being a member of the Clarkston High School football team, and that's not just with his players, but himself as well. When my wife and I moved to Lake Orion four years ago, we had to do two things, get to know the area and find great pizza. That's when we met Sheldon. Sheldon's the kindest guy you'll meet in Orion Township. His heart is as big as his pizzas, and once you order one, you'll see why Sheldon is our guy for pizza time. Sheldon Street Pizza is located at 3667 Baldwin Road across from the Great Lakes Athletic Club. You can look them up online at sheldonstreetpizza.com. Sheldon is ready to serve you the best pizza, breadsticks, and sandwiches that are always made fresh when you order them. Sheldon Street Pizza. More than just pizza. And that's a Duff said. Fourth Coast Cider Works is the place to be for hard cider in Oakland County. Located in the main entrance to Canterbury Village, Fourth Coast is quality craftsmanship, quality hard cider. Stop by 4th Coast and try some of their many flavors on tap. You can also take some home in a can or a howler. 4th Coast is open Thursday through Sunday. For a complete list of ciders and hours, go to 4thCoastCiderWorks.com. The best hard cider is on the 4th Coast. And that's a Duff said. Not available for anybody under the age of 21. Please drink responsibly. Once again, I want to say thank you so much for hitting the play button on this podcast. Now, for as little as $2 a month or $24 a year, you can help this show to continue to grow and provide the content that you enjoy. And if you become a patron of A Duff Said, we have got a lot of great gifts in store for you. We've got bumper stickers. We've got t-shirts. Heck, I'll even record your voicemail message. So if you're having trouble ever figuring out what to say... I'll say it for you, and that's A Duff Said. If you'd like to become a patron of A Duff Said, all you got to do is go to patron.podbean.com backslash A Duff Said. So when you get to the program, you take over as the offensive line coach, and over the years, you have helped develop a lot of amazing, talented linemen for this program. 
a lot of the guys that you've coached have gone on to play in college and some have even taken that next step to the pros. What's it like to know that you have had such a tremendous impact in molding that talent? You know, I, it's one of those things where uh, you, you wonder how much of an impact you really have. I mean, you know, we, we've been really fortunate to have great kids come through. And as much as I would like to take credit, I know that, you know, we just graduated Rocco Spindler and Garrett Dellinger. Um, I, I would love to take credit for where they're at, but I know that those guys are just special kids, you know, and uh, we have Garrett's little brother and he's going to go be a, uh, you know, a power five offensive lineman. And again, you know, some of that is just, they're just special kids. So as much as I'd love to take credit and say, you know, look what I did. I, I know that the kids that we've had come through here are, are special kids and, and they deserve the credit. I mean, they put the work in, they put the time in, you know, we, we can kind of guide them, but they, they got to put in the effort in the weight room. They got to put in the, the effort to go uh, work on their speed and agility. They got to put in the effort to go to different camps and work on their technique. And, and they do that. They buy in. Um, and, and that's a big part of our culture that, that Coach Richardson has built here is, is he's built a culture where kids want to get to that level. So I, I would put a lot of that on what Coach Richardson's done with the culture of the program and then the players just being, being willing to buy in to what we're telling them to do. Yeah, speaking of the Dellinger family, they grow them pretty big in that family. They have made some big kids that have gone on to do tremendous things in their high school football and college careers. What's it been like to coach those kids? They're they're just uh, they're fantastic uh, kids. They're a great family. Um, you couldn't meet nicer uh, people. So being able to to like you said, watch their development. Same thing. I you could tell when they were. When they were coming up, you knew that they were just special and they were going to be really, really successful. Um, but it, they're just a, a tremendous family. The kids, I mean, if, if you were introduced to them and you met them, um, they, they don't get any nicer uh, th than that family. Um, that being said, when you put them on the football field, uh, they can get after it. They, they, they know how to, uh, uh, how to how to transform from uh, being this nice uh, human off the field to being nasty when they need to be on the field. <laughs> I love that comparison. That is so great. You know, you have gotten a chance to make some tremendous relationships over the years. You've gotten to know a lot of kids. You've gotten to know their families. That's really what it's all about in coaching is getting to make special contacts that go well beyond the football field. What has it been like for you to just to have those relationships with not just the kids who have gone on to be successful in college football, but the ones that were just a part of the program and you still got a chance to keep in touch with them and see what they've done after they left Clarkston? Yeah, that, that is one of the things that, that's really special with coaching is uh, you develop these relationships on a, on a different level. Um, you try to keep in touch with them. Um, and, and then when you, when you see them and you ask them, Hey, what are you doing now? And, and you find out that, um, you know, they're, they're successful in whatever field they went into, whether that's uh, the trades or they went on to college and, and got a, a degree, um, just watching their growth and development and then being able to, uh, you know, talk to them about that later on and, and see the um, success that they've had. That's, that's a pretty special part of coaching. And again, those, those personal relationships that, um, you know, when you're, when you're teaching, and you have 30 kids in a class and then you get a second hour and then you got 30 new kids and then you got a third hour and you got 30 new kids. 
And throughout the day, you might see 150 different students. It's a little harder to, to build those kinds of relationships with students. Um, but coaching, when, when you're with them, especially as a position coach, um, you really get to know those, you know, 10, 15, 20 guys really, really well. And um, so being able to, um, you know, watch their development and growth and keep tabs on them, um, shoot them a message here and there, ask them how they're doing. Uh, that's, a, that's one of those really cool pieces of being a coach. When you were growing up, you had that uh, connection with your community and it had such a tremendous impact on you. When you see these guys take the next step in, in life and they're getting ready to make that next chapter for themselves, what's something that you hope that you imparted upon them that they will take with them later in life? You know, I think <clears throat> the, um, the, the passion piece that I talked about earlier, um, I think that's a really important um, part of anything that they're going to do in life. Find what you're passionate about and, and pursue that, um, whatever that might be. Um, just find that passion and, and go after it. So I think that's one of those kind of life lessons. Um, you know, and then just we have a lot of really good kids. So I think, um, you know, just teaching them about being good people, being good teammates. Um, and I know that sounds simple, but if you're, if you're a good person and you're a good teammate, um, you're going to be successful in life because people will want to be, they'll want to help you out. They'll want to make sure that you succeed. Um, so I, I mean, it sounds kind of basic and simple, but I think those are some important life lessons that, um, that we can impart on kids. And those are some good ones to have. You know, I think uh, looking around this community, I think there's a lot of people that have taken that to heart. With When you look around how, how well this community reacts, not only to people like myself. When I arrived here, everybody uh, was very welcoming. Everybody's been great neighbors to me. And I think we saw a lot of that this past fall, too, when there was the terrible tragedy at Oxford. Clarkston really stood up and let the community of Oxford know just how close and how much of a bond we had with that community. And you see it just about everywhere you, you go in Clarkston. Yeah, no, that, that is very true. And, and you, see, you see it in the community, and, and then that trickles down to the kids. And they, they you know, the kids see what, what the adults do, right? And when they see adults being good people and helping out, and, and they see, like you said, the, the support for the tragedy um, in, in Oxford, kids see that and then they know that that's what you should do, right? When you become an adult yourself. So um, I think setting, we do a great job in this community of setting an example for kids. Um, and, and we want to do the same thing within our football program. Speaking of the football program, in that time that you were an assistant coach with the program, when did you start to think to yourself that someday you wanted to be a head coach? Not necessarily at Clarkston, but when did you start to have those thoughts that, you know what, I feel like I can take this to the next level. I feel like I can be in charge of an entire program. You know, I mean, Coach Richardson had, had coached for, I think it was 35 years as the head coach. Um, so I, I knew that there was going to be a point where he was going to step down. Um, so I would say, you know, in the last few years, that was that was kind of in the back of my mind that, you know, th there could be an opportunity here. I, I've never really had um, a desire to leave Clarkston. So when it comes to being a head coach, my my thinking was, OK, there's going to be a time where there may be an opportunity here at Clarkston. 
Um, but I, I was never interested in leaving Clarkston to go somewhere else. Uh, it was always about um, staying here. And, and really a, a big part of it is I want to make sure that uh, we maintain what, what Clarkston has had. Um, you know, I, I didn't want to see someone come from outside the program and, and start getting rid of our coaching staff. Um, I, I, we have about 25 to 30 coaches, I think, 7 through 12 in our program. We, we had our, our varsity defensive staff retire. Every other guy in our program plans to stick around. Um, so that continuity of our program from 7 through 12, um, I, I wanted to make sure we were able to maintain that and keep that going because um, we have something special in Clarkston. So I, I just wanted to make sure that um, – you know, that was always my big thing in, in wanting to become head coach is I wanted to keep this this program uh, on the right track, going in the right direction, winning state championships, um, building that culture seven through 12, keeping the staff together. That was that was what I always had in mind um, and, and why I wanted to take over. The pipeline that Clarkston has, like you said, all the way from seven to 12 is phenomenal. And when you have a good, well-oiled machine like that, success is obviously going to come with that. And you were a part of the program during those four trips to the state finals in the last decade. What were those experiences like for you? Yeah, so I actually, when I first started, I started out at our lower levels. I started out at seventh grade and was seventh grade uh, assistant early on and then head coach and then came up to varsity. Um, so I, I've kind of seen it through um, – kind of all the levels, right? Or at least from the, the start um, to the top. And, and I can remember when I was coaching seventh grade and, and I would talk to those kids about, you know, the, the bar here in Clarkston isn't to, to just make the playoffs. Um, it's not just to, um, you know, make the playoffs and win a district. It's to win state championships. Um, and I think really from, from seven through 12, we're in lockstep. Um, you know, our, our offense and defensive scheme, we run the same stuff with our seventh graders as we do with our varsity guys. Now, there may be, um, you know, there's a lot more detail that comes into play when we get to JV and varsity. Um, but our, our system, we run from seven through 12. Defensively, uh, we run the same system, seven through 12. And all the coaches are on the same page. Um, they, they all want to see the program be successful. Um, so, that that continuity is is really important um and, and i've been able to watch kind of from the outside a little bit not not from the outside but as a seventh grade coach i've been able or when i was a seventh grade coach i was able to watch what the varsity um staff did and then when i got up to varsity and and started coaching with them um and and being able to kind of um you know my in my first years learn a lot from what those guys were doing uh rich Porritt was a offensive line coach uh, when I first came up and I worked with, with him and I learned a ton from uh, coaching with Rich Porritt. And uh, <clears throat> so I, I guess I've, I've had kind of this unique experience of being able to see the program uh, at the lower levels and then come up and work at the higher levels. Um, and, and like you said, to be a part of uh, the state championship and, and the runs that we've had um, it has been just, that's, that's really made me the coach that I am today. I want to talk a little bit now about the team that you're going to be taking over for this coming uh, fall when the season gets underway. Last year, Clarkston was 8-2, and two, and you have some big-time talent coming back in All-State running back Ethan Clark. He's going to be back for his senior year. I got a chance to see him at last year's Stony Creek game. That was the game in which his first couple of carries 
pretty much cover the entire length of the field. That was a, a big key to your win that night. This guy is a phenomenal athlete. What has it been like to watch this kid over the last three seasons? Yeah, Ethan's uh, another just a tremendous young man. Um, you, <clears throat> If you ever met him, I mean, he's very unassuming. He's a very, very nice kid. Uh, doesn't say a whole lot, uh, but when, when he gets the ball in his hands, he, he's really, really special. Um, and, and he came up freshman year, and I kind of remember thinking, like, you know, I don't know if he's, he's quite ready for this level, um, but as soon as he got the ball in his hands and, and you watched him run, it, you could tell – uh, we, we had something and he's a, we run, we run a lot of zone scheme and he's a, just a, he's a perfect running back for a zone scheme. Uh, Cause he, he runs hard. He makes one cut and, and goes, he doesn't try to dance. He doesn't try to, to uh, you know, he'll make guys miss, but it's usually on a, on like one good hard cut. He knows how to set things up. So his vision uh, and his just kind of IQ, his football IQ is off the charts. Um, and that's what really makes him, he's a really good athlete, but his, his ability to see things, um, and have a feel for when to cut and how to set up a block. Um, those kind of things are off the charts with him. During his sophomore year, he suffered an injury that caused him to miss significant playing time. And you guys were able to fill that gap until he got back. But in that time that he was taking to recover and make his way back, what did you make of the way that he was able to bounce back from that injury and just go back to business as usual, like nothing had ever happened? Yeah, he's he's a kid that um, he wants to be on the field, and and in every every game that he missed, I know that that drove him nuts. Um, in fact, I think he probably rushed back a little too soon um, that year. He was still a little bit banged up. Um, but you know, 80% of him is, is about as good as, as most teams, uh, have at their running back position. So we were glad to have him back and I love his passion for, for playing. Um, he just, like I said, he wants to be on the field no matter what. Um, he, he's never a kid that's ever going to take himself off the field. Um, right now he's been bugging me to get on the defensive side of the ball, which <laughs> I think he which I think he could probably really help us. But at the same time, he's so valuable to our offense that you got to weigh the pros and cons of, uh, of putting a kid like that out on defense. Um, but he, he just, he loves the game and he just battles, wants to be on the field no matter what. Um, and, and he's, like I said, if, if he's hurt, he, he's never going to, you know, he's going to have to be seriously hurt for him to not play. Now, speaking of somebody who does play both offensive defense, that's receiver and defensive back Des Stevens. He's starting to get attention already as he's uh, coming up through the program, and he has been making a tremendous impact for you, and you still have him for two more years with you at Clarkston. What kind of excitement does he bring to this program? Yeah, so Des, <clears throat> Des played JV football for us his freshman year, um, and then when we got to the playoffs, he, we we bring up we'll bring up a bunch of our JV kids and stuff and he was one of them and uh, uh, Coach Richardson coaches our DBs and and Des really um, you know kind of stood out in his eyes and so Des played for us uh, in our playoff game that freshman his freshman year which you just don't usually see that you don't typically have a kid that played JV come up and then find playing time in the postseason. Uh, but that just kind of shows you how, how special he is, too. Um, last year, he had a great year for, for us, uh, started for us on defense, and then 
started to get more and more plays on offense. And, and he, I think he had, I want to say five interceptions last year. He's just, he's the kid that is just always in the right place. It seems like he, he's another one that just has a, a great football IQ and always seems to be in the right spot. Um, when he would, he started getting more playing time because we'd get him some reps in practice and you just kept looking. You're like, he just gets open and he just makes plays and you can't explain it any different. I mean, he's a really good athlete. I don't know. I mean, I don't know if he's off the charts, but his, his ability to just know where to sit down in a zone um, when he's on offense and playing wide receiver or defensively, he just knows how to kind of bait quarterbacks into throws. He just has that, that, that instinct that you can't coach. So yeah, we're really excited to, to not only see what he can do as a junior, but uh, knowing that we have him back for uh, two years is, is really exciting for us. And who are some other guys that you're hoping to see make a big impact for you? Um, you know, as an offensive line coach, I, I got to mention some of the big guys up front because, you know, those guys don't get as much love. Um, we got a, a kid, Gage Heikinen, who just won our state uh, powerlifting uh, championship. Uh, really strong. Um, not not a not a huge frame. Not a six four six five kid. Uh, but really strong, plays really hard. Um, our center is coming back from last year, Jacob Leonardson, um, and, and he he was outstanding for us as a center last year. Um, I don't think we had any bad snaps with him, uh, so we're excited to have those guys back up front. Um, we got uh, our tight end, uh, Brody Cozen, who's starting to get some interest. He's a big body, six about six 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 seven, uh, played basketball for us. Um, we're hoping for some big things. Cole Jarvis has has done a lot of work. I mean, he's a kid that is really athletic, um, and now he's starting to figure out a little bit of the um, the finer details of not just being fast, but how to get himself open. Um, he's another kid that we might see a little bit on defense. Um, so those those are a few kids on the offensive side. Uh, defensively. Um, Kavanaugh Dighton is a plays linebacker for us. Um, played a played a lot last year and, and was probably one of our top five or uh, so tacklers. Um, he's a kid that just loves the game of football, so uh, we we expect him to be kind of our guy in the middle um, and, and do a lot for us uh, on that side of the ball. <clears throat> um, I'm trying to think. I'm probably leaving out. I feel bad saying this because I know I'm going to leave some kids out. Um, Mike Hine is a played kind of a, a skill guy for us. Played a lot of wide receiver uh, for us last year. Played a lot of defensive back for us, and he's really sort of taken the reins at our quarterback position. Um, he he's played some quarterback in the past. Didn't play it um, the last couple of years. Didn't start for us, I should say because we had Mike DePillo, who is uh, an excellent quarterback for us. Um, but Mike has really taken a leadership role on, which has been great to see. Um, he's embraced it, um, and I think he's going to give us maybe a little different dimension at the quarterback position. Um, might give us the, a little more of a run-pass uh, run option at our quarterback spot than, than maybe we did the last few years. Yeah, DePillo has been so much fun to watch these last couple of seasons that I've been getting involved with the uh, Clarkston program, what has it been like for you to watch this young man turn into someone really special for Clarkston football? Yeah, Mike, Mike's a, um, you know, came up and played as a sophomore for us. Kind of, kind of took a, 
took his lumps a little bit as a, as a sophomore, but just, you could see the talent was there and just kept getting better and better. Um, last year, um, had a, had a great year for us. Uh, I think only had maybe two interceptions on the entire season. So took care of the ball, um, really, really started to embrace that leadership piece, um, last season, but he's, he's been really fun to watch. And I, I, I've been kind of shocked, uh, that, that his recruiting has been not, uh, not what I would have expected. I mean, he's six, five, he's athletic. He runs well. Um, throws a good ball. He's a great kid, great teammate. I, I'm just, I'm shocked that more schools around here weren't interested in him. So he's actually going out to Connecticut. He's going to do a prep year uh, and and go to the 2023 20, class. Um, and he's already starting to get some interest for that 23 class. So hopefully with the COVID year uh, and some of those kids starting to graduate, um, there's some opportunities that open up because I, I think he can be a really good Division One quarterback. He had a really interesting uh, take on a game a couple of years ago. There was that game that you had against West Bloomfield in the uh, 2020 season, and that was one that you guys uh, managed to win, I believe it was on your field, and after yeah. the game he was doing an interview with the Oakland Press, and he was so impressed with the way that your O-line did for him, he said he was going to buy him a meal afterwards. He said, hey guys, <laughs> McDonald's is on me. And then the following week, you guys go to Lake Orion, and the Ethan's replacement, whose name escapes me at this moment, but uh, he actually had a big game that night, four touchdowns in relief of Ethan, and I said, are you going to buy him a meal now? And he said, no, he took my touchdowns away. I'm not doing anything for him. <laughs> But uh, he said that, of course, in a joking manner. But, you know, it just shows how much he wants to go out there and compete and be successful out on the field. He's everything you really could want in a leader. Yeah, he, he really is. He's a, he's a great kid, um, just a great teammate. Like you said, he, him bringing up the offensive line, I mean, that, that just shows you that he's, he, he's not a me guy. He's not a, a me first, look at me, look what I did. Um, you know, he's willing to give credit to, to others and, and deflect. Um, so yeah, I, I think he's a, a tremendous leader. He's a great teammate. Um, and again, he, the, the, the skill set that he has and the size that he has, he's, he's a natural, uh, kind of fit at quarterback. If you're looking for that big mobile quarterback, I mean, he's not a, he's not a, a super shifty kid, but he's he, against Oxford in the playoffs. He had an 80 yard uh, run on a QB draw for a touchdown. I mean, he's, he's got that ability. So, um, yeah, he's, he's, he's a special kid. I think things are going to work out for him. I, I know things are going to work out for him. Uh, it's just a matter of him getting that opportunity. So we know all the talent that you have coming back and we all know that the expectations are not to just get to the playoffs, but to take it as far as you can. But aside from the football field, what expectations have you set for yourself as you begin this new chapter in your football career? Um, you know, I, I, I want to make sure that, that kids enjoy playing football. Um, that, that's So I don't know if that's an expectation for myself, but I, I expect for me to make it enjoyable for them. Um, like you said, I, I think probably the biggest thing really is those expectations are really high. Um, you know, you can't, you can't come into Clarkston and win three or four or five games. That, that's just not acceptable here. Uh, and I know that. So, um, you know, my expectations really are to continue the success that we've had. Um, and it's really like, it's not just getting to the playoffs. It's, it's making a run in the playoffs. 
um, th those are my expectations. Uh, I haven't really thought about anything other than, than that as far as expectations go. Well, the most important thing is, of course, to have fun because if it's not fun, it's not going to translate into success. And I hope this is a very enjoyable experience for you. Justin Pintar, thank you so much for being a part of this week's episode of A Duff Said. Thank you so much for making the time. I wish you all the best as you take over the program. I know it's not going to be easy, but as long as it's fun, that's the first step. Thank you, Duff. I appreciate you having me on. And that's going to wrap up this week's show. Now, if you're hearing this podcast for the very first time and you haven't already, be sure to download the Podbean app and become a subscriber. You can also subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also follow this show at aduffsaid.com. You can get all the latest info on a Duff Said and many other sports updates and takes by going to my Facebook page, sports journalist Duff Tyler. You can also get them on Twitter by following me, at Duff Tyler. Until next time, this is Duff Tyler reminding you that if Duff said it, it must be true. Because that's what a Duff said. <laughs>